Welcome to the Making After School Cool podcast, the link between research practice and theory for those who are interested in the activities youth are involved with during non-school hours. The Making After School Cool podcast is produced by Case for Kids, a division of Harris County Department of Education, and I'm your host, Mike Wilson. Today's episode of the Making After School Cool podcast centers on recognizing the body diversity of youth. In an article in Kids Health Magazine, Dr. Darcy Linus describes body image as the way a person feels about their body. Youth who have a healthy body image are happy with how they look, how their body moves and grows, and what their body can do. Perceiving to have a good body image helps kids feel confident and adds to their self-esteem. In contrast, youth with a negative body image don't feel good about the way they look, which adversely impacts a child's self-esteem. As a result, youth with a negative body image are less likely to be social or participate in extracurricular activities. The perceptions of body image grows over time. It changes when kids go through puberty. It is shaped by the media and what others say about beauty standards. During this time in their lives, youth need educators, parents, and other adults in their lives to do things to help support a child's healthy body image. This episode of the Making Up School Cool podcast features my conversation with Pam Luck, founder of Ember and Ace. In 2021, Pam left behind the world of tech product management to start a new athletic clothing line specifically for bigger-bodied kids. Ember and Ace is an athletic wear brand designed exclusively for plus-size kids. So today I'm excited to have Pam Luck, who will share her story and proactive strategies to help students have a positive body image. Welcome, Pam. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Well, thank you for taking out some time. Like you told me earlier, you're in California. So, you know, we'll pray that the weather uh, goes well and that everybody stays safe. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I just it's nice to have something else to talk about besides the <laughs> <laughs> So let's start off with what inspired you to start Ember and Ace? And does the name have a specific meaning? Yeah, the name does actually have a specific meaning. Um, It's hard to name a business when you're getting started. And so I sort of sat down and I was writing in my journal and sort of what did I want this brand to be about? And so I landed on Ember and Ace as a play on the word embrace. Um, the idea is I want these kids to embrace themselves and I want the community to embrace these kids and the bodies that they have right here and right now. So that's sort of how the name came about after, you know, it, it took me a minute. It took a few weeks. It's sort of just like playing around and playing around until it all sort of came together. And, you know, I started my life as a plus size kid. I was big, you know, from second grade and then all the way through adulthood. And I played soccer. And I danced and it was challenging for me to find athletic wear that fit um, and leotards that fit for dance. And, you know, today I have a kid in a bigger body as well, and we're still struggling to find athletic wear and leotards. And I'm like, it's been like 30 years since I was in high school. How is this still a problem? Why is nobody sort of taking on trying to make clothing that fits these kids? So I decided to just sort of jump right in and, you know, try to make a difference. It's something that I'm obviously super passionate about and, you know, have firsthand experience with. And so just said, let's figure it out. 
I sort of tackle it the way I've tackled, you know, any other problem. Just break it down and let's figure it out. For decades, the media has defined what are beautiful features of a person. However, as it relates to athletes, many people have a perspective of what an athletic body looks like. So what advice would you give regarding how we can become more comfortable with our bodies as well as help kids love their bodies? Yeah, I think for starters, I want everybody to, to get curious and ask themselves, how do you talk about your own body? How do you talk about your body in front of your children? Um, and sort of that's often a reflection of all the media, like you've said, that we've all consumed over our lifetimes that say there are good bodies and there are bad bodies, right? And that thing people should all look a certain way. And so I think it's important for us to really think about how we talk about bodies in front of our kids. And I do think it's also important to sort of widen the lens that we have and try to seek out different media, different body images. I follow a ton of plus size athletes, adults. They are marathoners. They are ultra marathoners, hikers, cyclists, surfers, skiers. There are people in bigger bodies that are good at these sports and that are continuing to do them as adults. And so I don't think unless you sort of seek it out, you don't get to see people in different body types. Like all of us see professional athletes. And of course, they're in peak condition, peak performance. That's what their their role is, their job. But there are a ton of other people that enjoy sports and they can enjoy sports in the body that they have and still, in my opinion, be considered an athlete. And that's really uh, one reason why I like the Olympics. It seemed like the Olympics show athletes, you know, with different body types. Yeah. And so, you're getting a little bit more of that sort of amateur look, yeah. that amateur lens on it for sure. Exactly. Exactly. So there is a slow paradigm shift. It is very slow. Mm. Um, and it kind of brings me up to my next question. Why is it important for parents and adults who interact with kids often to be aware of how they speak around youth regarding beauty standards and body types? I think first and foremost, I know we all understand that the media does have an influence on how we see ourselves, but the first person that kids often hear about bodies from are their parents and the adults in their family. And I think if you were to ask anyone like me, do you remember you know, hurtful comments that you heard as a child growing up. And a lot of times the first person that made that kind of comment about your body was someone in your family. Mm -hmm. So I think people have to really realize sort of the impact that that can have at such a young age to hear those kinds of comments. Um, and I think what I'd love for people to do, and particularly people that work with children, it's important that kids move their bodies for a lot of reasons that have nothing to do with making your body smaller, right? It's how you manage stress, how you improve your mental health. And it's also what keeps you connected to the other kids in your grade, in your school. You know, after school activities, including athletics, some of my favorite memories are of being on the soccer team and the girls that I played with. And so when we don't include kids in bigger bodies in athletics, we're sort of taking this big social component out of their life and you're also taking something that's very good for them and for their bodies and teaching them to really enjoy activity and to enjoy sport and those things you know are sort of not available when kids can't fit into the uniforms or if they're made fun of or if they don't feel comfortable with coaches and adults who comment on the size of their bodies and so i think it's just really important for us to think about what are the goals of these programs particularly with younger kids Right. It's not about winning division one titles. This isn't college. <laughs> so, yeah. 
I love that you use the term body diversity. We often think in terms of diversity as a cultural trait, um, but seldom do we think in terms of how people look differently. Mm -hmm. um, people come in all shapes and sizes, and unfortunately, people are seldom empathetic to the different body types. How did you think of this term? This is a term that I've heard from a lot of different folks that sort of work in body diversity spaces or fat justice spaces. I'm remembering um, Sonia Renee Taylor, who wrote The Body is Not an Apology. Um, she gives this really great example in her interviews, and she talks about how with other species, we sort of innately understand that diversity is is cool and interesting. Like when you think about trees, there are short fat round trees there are tall trees there are you know trees with pine needles there are trees with leaves and we enjoy all of that when it comes to trees or when it comes to dogs or when it comes to mushrooms or cows or whatever and like we don't un understand why it's so different when we think about humans right why do we sort of enjoy and appreciate and understand diversity when it comes to things other than people um and that's why i sort of love thinking about it in those terms because bodies have always come in different shapes and sizes and that's going to continue to be true because bodies change all the time so um that's sort of where i've learned it and it's it's a phrase that i really really think helps people think about bodies differently actually you know prior to this interview and once this was the first time i've actually heard that phrase and I started talking to some of my colleagues, some of my friends, and we were we were using um, that term. And I think for adults, like you said earlier, you know, kids hear adults' conversations, and sometimes mm -hmm. adults will say, "Oh, that's a cute little baby with the little fat cheeks, and you know, them fat legs, and and whatever." But I think increasing the vocabulary so that we do have different terms. So when we do talk to our kids about different things, like I wish I would have knew, knew the term body diversity when I had a conversation with my daughter, mm -hmm. uh, because it's less threatening. It seems to be sympathetic, empathetic, and it embraces the fact that you can love the way you look and there's nothing wrong with that. So Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I was really impressed and enlightened when, when I saw that term. The next question has two parts that deals with the mental dilemma of finding clothing for athletic children. First, how does the lack of finding the appropriate size of clothing influence the kids' desire to participate in athletics? And secondly, how frustrating is it for the parent who's trying to find a uniform or an outfit to fit their child and some of the other, when they go shopping for their kids, it's easy, whereas finding things that fit comfortably and appropriately for a larger size kid may be a little bit difficult. So oh, the first question is, for the child, how does that affect their, their their mental state? And then also for the parent who may get frustrated and the child sees this. So uh, can you talk a little bit about that dilemma? Sure. I'll start by sharing, you know, my own story. Um, so when I was a senior in high school, I was the goalkeeper on the soccer team. And I had to go shop in the men's department at the sporting goods store to try and find something that would fit. And I was in the absolute largest sizes in that men's department. And it's just... It's a terrible feeling to sort of, first of all, have to shop in the men's department when you're a 17-year-old girl is not fun. Um, but just the way that it makes you feel that you sort of don't belong in these spaces and, and that nobody wants you there or they don't think you actually do sports, right? Because if you thought that I did sports, you would make something that would fit me. 
And there's actually been a small study done, um, I think it was in the UK, that confirms what we all sort of understand that if you don't make clothing that fits these kids, they're going to drop out. It's one of the reasons kids quit sports is because the uniforms stop fitting. Nobody wants to worry about trying to, you know, be concerned that your stomach's going to show because your shirt is too small or that the shorts are going to pinch or they're not going to fit or you're going to, you know, go to move and it's going to rip because they're too small. So kids drop out of sports. And so I think understanding the impact that it has on kids, and this can be early, this can be like junior high, right? Kids that are 12 years old, 13 years old, who are already done sort of with athletics because they just are so uncomfortable. And so I think it is something that we have to to have some conversations about finding ways to have more inclusive uniform sizing in rec programs and school programs um, across the board. And for parents, yeah, it's really frustrating. Um, you know, I have a daughter, like I said, that's in a bigger body and dance wear, and I'm constantly trying to find things that will work for her. So I have a couple of recommendations for folks. Um, the first thing that's really, really important, you have to know your kid's body measurements. So you have to grab a tape measure and, you know, on a, on a time when everybody's sort of calm and relaxed, try to get a chest, waist and hip measurement. Because there's no standard in sizing across brands, across adults and kids. So having those measurements so that you can look at a size chart and try to get the right sizing because you're going to end up with things in a variety of sizes across different brands. The other thing I do, I do a ton of online shopping because you have more choices in sizes and in colors. And so I'll get, you know, three or four things delivered in variety of sizes and colors so we can try them all on. And usually something will work. One of the challenges of going in person, you go to a store, they have one color in two sizes and you're in, the, you're trying on the larger size and it doesn't fit. And that's a terrible feeling. So by sort of doing it online and picking a few options, and I'm lucky that I have the privilege to be able to afford that, right? Until I can return them. Um, but it's something that I've done that I've had some success with. So if you're in a position to be able to do that, great. And I'm also hoping more brands are going to start listening and, and offering a larger size range so that you have more in-store options when you go. Yeah, um, I can relate somewhat. It's just, I guess on the other end of the, the spectrum, well, my parents are short. My mom's 5'2", my dad's 5'7". <laughs> um, I'm 6'3", my brother was like 6'2". But in middle school, we hit the spurt where we just grew mm. and it was up, nothing wide. <laughs> <laughs> you just went straight up. You went, went straight, straight up. up. So my pants were short. You know, we take the cuffs out, try to make them uh, look a little longer. And yeah, we weren't very wealthy. So, and, and again, we didn't have the internet and all that back then. So, you know, we go to the, the department stores and those that were long enough, the waist didn't fit. And then those for the waist, the, the length wasn't long enough. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was I was really happy when I, <laughs> I kind of stopped growing. <laughs> You're like, please let it be easier for me to find something. <laughs> exactly. Uh, which, again, is a good segue to my next question. Why do you think it's important for parents and other caring adults who um who are around kids to have small conversations with youth concerning different body types. I don't think seldom outside of the family do people talk about it uh, in a positive way. And usually when other people talk about it, unfortunately, a lot of times it's not positive unless you fit into that image that they think everybody should fit into. Why is it also important for uh, adults and other caring adults to listen to kids concerning 
concerning uh, this particular issue? Yeah, I mean, I think so for the first question, you know, about having conversations, I think what's really important is starting to sort of break down any preconceived ideas you have about a good body and a bad body, because there are no bad bodies. All bodies are good bodies, but sort of starting to have conversations with kids and sort of pick up on what are the some of the things and ideas that they have, maybe that they've heard, or maybe that they've picked up through watching television shows or, or movies or things like that. Like, why do you think there are good bodies and bad bodies? And sort of, you know, I think it's, again, with kids in bigger bodies, there's these assumptions that they don't like to play sports, which isn't true. And so by including them, you start to break down some of these ideas around, oh, well, I guess kids in bigger bodies do like sports and they can be good at them. So, you know, it's sort of asking questions about what do you think and why do you think it? And I think that's true for all sort of biases that kids can have, right, about bodies and all kinds of things. So continuing to sort of ask and listen and sort of try to hold up examples of people that you know in your life that maybe are in a bigger body and well you know so and so and they like to walk and they like to run and they like to cheer or they like to dance and sort of giving people an alternate take to sort of these stories that they have in their heads about folks and then i think in terms of listening to kids it can be tough um when you hear some of the things that your kids have to say about their bodies and i think there's this immediate need as a, as a parent to want to try and fix it. And so I think the hard part is sort of trying to just listen and, and let your kid have tough feelings about their body and try to, you know, help them understand that all bodies are good bodies, but that you understand that they're struggling and that you're going to be there to say, like, I think your body is fine just the way it is. And I will hold on to that and hold on to you until you can sort of work through how you're feeling and sort of not trying to force your kid to immediately get to this space where they feel confident and comfortable because it's a journey. And I also feel like just like adults, you have good days and bad days, right? Some days you feel great. You feel great about yourself. You feel great about where you're at. And then some days you don't. And so part of it is just trying to help kids through those rough patches but you know it's like the sun's gonna come out it's not gonna rain every day and so you're gonna have tough days but you know you're gonna come through the other side of that and sort of just trying to work through it um but also just not forcing them to instantly be okay with with where they're at yeah um, i think you know being a parent they say is one of the toughest jobs you'll love which <laughs> i you know i i definitely could see that as as a parent and you just really hate for your kids to go through some some difficult times and i remember you know i guess different generations look at things differently um all kids at least you know during my childhood everybody got teased and we just mm. looked at it as being teased um and you know now it gets blurry between teasing and bullying. Mm -hmm. And it seems like at times when kids know what your soft spot is, what's that one phrase term or whatever that can really, I guess, bring you down. It seems like this generation of kids for a while will always press on that. And I'm, I'm, I'm really fortunate in the sense to where my um, one daughter who has struggled with body image just struggle with a lot of different things. I think perceptions. She's very shy, even though she does stuff that forces herself to be more outgoing. Uh, I'm glad that she does 
you know, it, it may take her a while that mm -hmm. she will share some of her experiences. And what I've learned, and it's taken me a while for this, is I can't solve it. You know, mm -mm. yeah, I just have to let her know I'm there to support and I'm there to help. And anytime she wants to talk, I'm available without judgment. And so um, that's been my, my learning curve. But it's a big curve at times. <laughs> it is. It is. And I will say, you know, I think, yeah, the teasing bully thing is tough. Um, I will say one of the things that I think is is particularly challenging for kids in bigger bodies is that there is still bias in a lot of adults. And so this is where, you know, you don't always feel the strongest sense of allyship from the adults around you because they have their own biases about what they think about people in bigger bodies. And mm -hmm. so a lot of things do sort of work themselves out, you know, you get teased for being tall, but as an adult, nobody gives you that, you know, nobody gives you teases you about that anymore or gives yeah. you a hard time. And I think, you know, with people in bigger bodies, there's just a lot of stigma that still exists in adults that sort of brings another layer of when you don't even necessarily feel safe with some of the adults in your life because of the weight bias that they carry. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really, really, it's a complicated, yeah, it's a complicated thing. Now, do you sell items for adults as well as for uh, both genders, boys and girls? Um, so for the adult question, I do not sell adult sizes, but I will say this. I feel like if you're a petite person, you could probably shop and like the shorts have like a, a six inch inseam, which is pretty standard. So I think part of it is just the proportions for the size width that I'm doing right now is sort of more geared toward, you know, younger teens and tweens. And so they tend to be the proportions tend to be a little closer, right? The chest, waist, and hip measurements are not quite as divided out as they do, say, for, you know, adult women. So if you have a body where your chest, waist, and, and hip ratio is pretty close, then these styles will work for you. And again, like I said, the pants, the inseams are more geared toward teens, but there are some folks who are maybe five foot, four eleven, five one, who this could work for. So check out the size chart on the website and see. And then in terms of gender... I've tried to sort of stay away from gendering. I mean, there are certain things that, of course, girls tend to like. I have a pair of leggings, and that tends to be something girls wear more frequently. But they are doing leggings and tights for men that run. So um, I've tried to keep it really just about getting the size right. And because the fit that I've put together is really... Because if we're being honest, a lot of young teens, both boys and girls, their bodies are sort of developing in a similar path. It's just as girls tend to get a little bit older that you sort of see that hip waist ratio start to change a bit so nothing is really gendered um i invite folks to try it out see what works for you and the t-shirt has just a more of a classic fit so it's not terribly oversized it's not terribly fitted and i think works for everybody but i'm always wanting to hear from folks and what they think um so i invite people to give it a try and to reach out Awesome. Awesome. Now, what's the best way for families to learn more about your sportswear as well as how can they order your products? So right now I'm finishing up my very first production run, which is exciting for our five piece collection. The best thing for folks to do is to head over to emberandace.com. You can subscribe to the newsletter there. And that's where I'm going to let folks know about as soon as the production run is ready. And then right now, in terms of buying things, it's all through the website, directly through my website. We also have an Instagram account. Um, folks can follow that's at Ember and Ace on Instagram. Um, and I'll be having, you know, updates and things and other fun videos coming through there. 
Awesome. Awesome. Uh, do you have any final comments before we close? I would just want to say, first and foremost, thank you um, for taking the time to talk with me today. I think, you know, I appreciate the chance to sort of share my story and hope that it's going to help folks. And for parents that have kids in bigger bodies, um, you are not alone. You can reach out to me. You know, you can contact me either through the DM on Instagram or send an email. Or if you're a plus size kid and you're struggling, like reach out to the adults in your life. But I also obviously understand growing up plus size and I have a, a bigger kid. So I'm always happy for folks to reach out because um, you're not alone. Good, and good. We can figure this out together. Well, Pam, thank you so much for being my guest today, actually. And uh, I'll probably reach out myself. You know, the unique thing about being parents, and I know you experienced this as well, is sometimes we're confronted with a situation and we just don't know who to go to. And mm -hmm. we don't know the resources and we don't know any of that. And then sometimes, unfortunately, we'll reach out to friends or other family members and they may give us bad advice. So uh, I'm so um, happy for what you're doing. Uh, I want to applaud you for doing that. I think you are an awesome resource and you've expanded my mind and perceptions on what's available for um, families and youth that are making that transition from childhood to adolescence to adulthood. So I really appreciate you taking some time today. Thank you so much. As always, I want to thank our listeners for joining us, where our topic centered on recognizing the body diversity of youth and featured my conversation with Pam Luck, founder of Ember and Ace. Please join us for future episodes as we continue to explore issues relevant to the out-of-school time field. <laughs>